for sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm Sarah. So, Sarah, this is our second actual full episode uh, together. Um, So how are you feeling about that? Feeling pretty good. I feel like the first one I was really nervous, and now I'm just like, I'll just do my best, (laughs) and we'll see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's, that's a that's a ringing endorsement of my own skills. I'll try my best. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty much coming up on one year anniversaries of everything related to the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm pretty sure, at least for me, I'll do my best has been my mantra for about a year now. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't have to talk about where best is compared to like normal. Normal is about as best pre-normal that's my best normal is best there we go for sure the 200 foot podcast motto a normal is best i love it speaking of loving it i i am very excited to have our guest today um i realized when i was doing the 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 uh i was doing like the mailbag and all the promo stuff um that uh Rather unintentionally, I, I have included yet another of the people that plays D and D. So I, I didn't specifically put it in the mailbag um, because we, we did talk about it last time uh, when we had Pat Iverson on, um, and of course Brian plays in my Saturday night game, not my Friday night game, because you know that would be weird. Big um, distinction. <laughs> but um, anyway, our guest today is Brian Basson. Uh, he is a site editor for um, the Nashville Predators uh, SB Nation website. And uh, sorry, he, uh, he also does the podcasting there. Um, he does lots and lots of cool stuff for them. Um, the, the website name is on the forecheck. Uh, I don't know why I blanked on that. I've seen it a bunch <laughs> of times. <laughs> uh, I've seen it a bunch of times. I'm not sure. But uh, anyway, Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Although, Peter, I thought we discussed before this that uh, we weren't going to talk about the whole D&D thing. There might be girls listening and uh, I'm trying to be cool, you know? <laughs> I don't need people. Ever, I don't need everybody knowing how big of a dork I am. If they didn't know, know that already by like you know me tweeting about hockey with charts and stats all the time. I, I don't know if you've heard, but it, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I, I, I'm I'm okay with it. I've come to terms with it. I I, I enjoy it unironically, and it's wonderful, and it's been awesome. So I can't complain. Absolutely. I uh, last night, I, and, and I, I know it's kind of like the uh, the type of thing where nobody wants to hear about your fantasy hockey team. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, describing a D and D session to somebody who did not play in it is not very fun. <laughs> um, but the, the the incredibly short version is that uh, I, yeah, as as the DM, I was trying to kind of move the thing along, and everybody just wanted to mess around with each other, um, mm-hmm. and so we spent about an hour. Uh, doing something that probably could have taken about 10 minutes, and most of it was just me sitting there with my head in my hands. Yeah, like, that sounds about right. Yeah, so. yeah. I haven't learned how to really be disruptive uh, to you yet. i got to work on that, but 
Um, no, and I, I think it's good. I mean, you compared it to, to fantasy hockey, which I think is pretty pretty apt comparison, considering you know it is fantasy. So, right? Huh? Yeah. Absolutely. Boo! Uh, thank boo. you. There you go. <laughs> I, I had to establish my brand early here. <laughs> Well, I mean, speaking of fantasy, both of our both of our teams, the Nashville Predators and the Detroit Red Wings, um, uh, if we're thinking about the playoffs, I think the word fantasy fits in uh, pretty well for both uh, teams. Yeah, I believe that'd be correct. Yes, I I did mean to uh, add something to your intro, which was very good, um, even though you forgot the name of the website. Uh, that the the NHL actually beginning of this season, they they assigned me um, when I was a kid. I was a military kid growing up, and sometimes we'd have kids who would move moved to wherever I was like in the middle of the school year. And so sometimes the school would like assign somebody be like, Hey, like, you know, you've been here for a couple of years. Can you help get this person, you know, going? And that's what they, the NHL assigned me to do because you guys are the, the Red Wings are in the central this year. And they're like, Hey, they're gonna, they're gonna be, you know, by themselves. They don't know anybody really at the bottom of the central. So we need somebody to kind of help <laughs> like chaperone. And we're like, yeah, you know what? I can do that because we're going to be right down there with them. So yeah, that, I'm, that's what I'm here to do. It's it's a service that I provide, and uh, I'm very glad to do it. it. Makes me feel pretty good. For the record, the Red Wings are not mathematically eliminated yet. Well, no. There is still a there's still a way, or so I was told <laughs> last week. And we've won we've won since then. So yes, we're probably at like point oh 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 four percent by now. Hey, take whatever you can get, right? Here come the Red Wings. Right. Watch out. That's right. I, for me, I was I was surprised uh, that Nashville was was doing as poorly as they were this season. Was was is that accurate? Or was I just not paying attention? I mean, um, I thought that they would be better this year. Yeah. So no, um, I don't think. No, yeah. granted, it's, it's, it's like the talent is there. Like it's really kind of an odd situation because of how. Like like you said, the last year has has played out. I mean, I remember um, in Janu- early January there was like it all started last year with the Winter Classic, and we all saw how that like started really well. Um, Ryan Ellis got injured, and then they just blew the game, and then that was the beginning of just the year, um, the, the year from hell really. And they, you know, like a week later they fired Peter Laviolette, they hired John Hines. I'm guessing that they had that hire in their back pocket. Um, when the, when the firing happened. And then about a month later, we had, uh, here in Nashville, we had those tornadoes that came through at the beginning of March um, and wiped out a good part of, uh, of uh, East Nashville. And then a week later, everything shut down for the pandemic. So it's been just a really a banner, a banner year for, for the Predators. But, um, you know, they, they did a lot of movement in the offseason. Um, they moved a lot of guys. They traded Nick, Nick Benino to Minnesota, which you know me three years ago would have been psyched about it but he turned into a very good contributor for the predators um but they they got luke cunning for uh, that and i think that deal worked out pretty well um they they bought out kyle turris and just to put a nice bow on top of the whole mismanagement of that situation um but the, you know a lot of guys craig smith decided to go to to boston which i i was very broken up about uh and so, yeah, I mean, they. I think they cleared a lot of cap space. I'm, I'm fairly certain that they were going all in on trying to, to get Taylor Hall because uh, they had a ton of cap space coming into that and didn't work. I think he, he and uh, Tyler Toffoli were people that I think the Predators were, were in on and neither of those happened. And so they ended up getting guys like uh, like Nick Cousin and Matt Benning and uh, Mark Borowiecki and just, you know, uh, Eric Halla, who's having an awful year. Um, and so, I mean, but, but despite all that, 
this was not going to be a good team. I think they they looked a little bit better last season, but um, you know, there's a lot of players that are kind of on the downward slope of their career. The guys like Victor Arvidsson, um, you know, you could say that about uh, Ryan Johansson, uh, you know, and and with the injuries in the defense core, like, yes, you still return a team that returns, you know, Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis and, and Matias Ekholm. That should be a pretty good team. Like you should be able to start baseline. Like, Hey, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a decent team. That should be right on the bubble for the playoffs, but no, it's, it's, you know, Pecorino is getting older. UC Saros is notorious for starting his seasons out slow before he got hurt. Um, and so, no, I think I tried to, in the nicest way possible, both in podcast form and in writing, try to tell people, like, it's not going to be good this year. It's going to get ugly. Um, and yet people are still very surprised by that. So, um, But but is it going to get worse? Uh, yes. I'm scouting, I'm scouting the enemy right now, everybody. Yes, it's, <laughs> it, it is going to get worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the rumor that's not really a much of a rumor, it's just an inevitability, is, um, you know, the... Ch- Nashville trading Matias Ekholm because uh, one of the few players on the team that could garner a pretty decent return. Um, and with Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis both injured right now, um, Matias Ekholm is the only uh, the only player, the defenseman, starting defenseman that's on the, the decor right now, uh, especially since Dante Fabro is serving that uh, two-game suspension. And when he's gone, he's been probably playing the best of all the defensemen this year. So that's going to be rough. Um, and then for forwards, this is Nashville. So it's a, it's an offensive black hole. Um, so if your name's not Philip Forsberg, who's having actually close to a career season, uh, no, there's just nothing. It's just bad. And it's going to be bad. <laughs> so you see yourself still heading to, uh, to rock bottom. Yes. You're not quite at Red Wings rock bottom yet, but you're, you're on your way. <laughs> it's only three game difference, I think. So, I mean, it could still happen. Living the dream, you know. Um, looking forward to the draft. That's what I've kind of gotten. I, I, I talk to my pros, our prospects guy all the time. And uh, so I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm focusing on. I'm going to focus on getting get a nice, like, top five pick. You know, it'll be exciting. So. Well, you couldn't have set up a segue any better. That was hand-delivered on a silver plate. So <laughs> we're going to talk about the NHL lottery. There was, I don't know if you, stronger than rumors, I guess, floating around that they were talking, as always, every year, they're talking about changes that might happen to the lottery to help certain teams like the Red Wings maybe do a little better and other teams not be able to jump 100 places. So do you want to talk about um, kind of, where you see Nashville or your hopes for Nashville um, on their pick and if you've been keeping an eye on any prospects already. Yeah, um, so I fully expect, and I don't think this is too much of a stretch, that Nashville should be pretty comfortable in the top 10, with a top 10 pick. Um, they picked at, at nine last season and, and got uh, Askarov, which was a very good pick. It took me a while to come around to picking a goaltender that high, but he's he's very talented, and so uh, that, that was good. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I think a safe bet is top 10. I would be willing to go further and say probably top five. Just like, you know, not not really taking into account how the lottery, you know, moves people around. But uh, they're a bad team, and they're going to be drafting in a bad team slot. Um, as far as prospects, I'm not very good at, at keeping up with them. Usually, usually about maybe a month out from the draft, I kind of start to get familiar. But we've got people who are very smart at our site that handle it. Um, 
the one thing I do know, though, is that you know most people's the consensus is that this class isn't very nearly as strong as last year's or or next year's or 2022. So we'll see. I mean, I think they're in a good uh, or a unique spot where they can just pick the best guy that's out there. They don't have to go for a certain position because they've got holes everywhere. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, this is weird. I just got um, I just got a text from our, our our mutual friend Prashant Ayer, and he's he wants to get on the phone and talk to you about selecting a goalie in the first round. Um, oh, hold on. here's Prashant. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me. I saw I saw some of those guys falling uh, in the draft. Some of those forwards, like the Marco Rossi and Rossi and all them, and I was just like, oh my gosh, is, is Nashville going to have like an elite forward? And then no, um, but he's good. <laughs> he's very good. Um, you know, and it's a, it was a future building move. It was probably the only pick that draft at first, and maybe the second one was decent. After that, it was it was hot trash. So, um, yeah, but Sarah had mentioned before that there have been uh, some proposed changes to the NHL draft lottery. Um, and, and Brian, you may have heard that this is a subject that Red Wings fans have uh, just <laughs> a little bit of uh, a, a, a passing. Just a passing interest in the topic. So um, for our listeners, in case you haven't heard, um, basically the three uh, the, like the three rules or the three rule changes would be that uh, an NHL team could win the draft lottery, uh, you know, any like any, like any one of those, uh, not just the first overall pick, but they could win one of those, you know, jump up slots, basically two year, two times. Um, or fewer over a five-year period, that is not going to count our good friends in uh, New York and New Jersey who have stolen all of the top picks recently. <laughs> or, um, you know, it's not going to count any of those teams that have jumped up recently. Um, it's not going to grandfather it, basically. In, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and also there was, yeah, there, and there was a clarification on that, too, because um, people were, were wondering, and the clarification is that if you are like let's say if you are the number like the worst team so you have the the number one pick to start if you quote unquote win the lottery that's not going to count right well, it would only good. be it would only be moving up um twice you know so twice in a five year period um that would uh yes yeah, so that's not going to count this year uh teams could jump no higher than 10 spots and the other one would be instead of having a lottery pick to select the first two or first three picks, it would be to select the first two picks. So you'd have two lottery slots instead of three. So there's some big changes there. Um, however, uh, uh, when 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 we started uh, when we started talking about doing the podcast together, one of the questions that Sarah asked me is about. Uh, you know how much profanity we use on the podcast. So I'm gonna, uh, technically, we can, but I found that it's so weird. I found that I I, I almost never do. Um, not that I couldn't on the podcast, but basically, I, I will tone it down a little bit. Um, when I saw this, I wanted to basically scream on behalf of the Red Wings. We've already been screwed. The screwing has already happened. Yeah. Like this is not going to help us get unscrewed, right? Yeah. So th that's my biggest problem here is that the Red Wings have fallen. I believe in the last three lotteries, the Red Wings have fallen eight spots total, um, which is the most. Yeah. So that's that's not great. So so I guess I'll ask you, Brian, as somebody who obviously has a team that is that could benefit from some of these changes. Um, what do you think? Do you think you know? What do you think about the current system? 
etc all that stuff yeah yeah and i i edit our podcast and i'm the one who posts it and i i get the you know i have the documentation it's like yeah if you put the explicit tag on your episode you know that's gonna that's gonna hurt it quite a bit so uh and i'm it's, it's good that you, you talked about that because this does make me want to use profanity um why <laughs> why do this why is this these the options that they came up with this seems like it is making something overly complicated because they don't you know the nhl is resisting change as the nhl is want to do um and it just makes everything way more complicated like i understand the the point of of a lot draft lottery like i get that like it's you know not always you you don't want to have teams tanking and that's that's a that's a you know i think it's fine to a valid concern but it's just just overcomplicated and you've got just like all these rules and like well what happens if this team is not good or they get they win two and then they don't or something like that and it just seems overly complicated when they could just change the system completely and make it a whole lot more straightforward because honestly like figuring out this lottery stuff is not easy it's not easy to pick up you know off the top of your head it's like it's not the magic number of you know for wins for a playoff um but you know it's just why 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 do it this way instead of you know any other way i'll get it yeah i mean that doesn't making things simple doesn't really sound like the nhl (laughs) it's you know, we want to make it more accessible and we want more fans. All right, here's a 20 page document mm-hmm. about how to tie your skates. And yeah, <laughs> so I don't I don't have a lot of hopes on uh, the draft lottery, both helping the Red Wings or being able to understand, at least not for me. Yeah. And, and Peter, yeah. I'm going to leave this up to you. Do you do you want to talk because I'm going to talk about what the, the alternative solution is that I like very much. But I didn't know if you wanted to, to bring that up. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking you're gonna talk about. Um, I, uh, I I honestly don't even think that there needs to be a, a lottery. I don't think there needs to be a solution. I think they're I think I think they're making a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Um, and uh, I was listening to to another podcast uh, that Prashanth does, and he basically he said what I've been thinking for, for years about the lottery system. And he said in a very concise way, which is basically if Edmonton and Buffalo had better management, then this wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, that, that makes sense. Like, yes, Edmonton had a whole bunch of top picks and they're still bad Mm-hmm. Because their management sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know they were gifted the greatest player in a long, long time to be in the NHL. Probably, probably the best new player to come in. I'm, 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 I don't think it's too controversial to say the best new coming, you know, incoming number one player since Sidney Crosby, mm-hmm. who obviously we know the success that Crosby has had in his career. Yeah, and. On top of that, they have Leon Dreisaitl. On top of that, they have Ryan Nugent Hopkins. On top of that, they had Taylor Hall. And it, every year is a struggle for them to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That is not because tanking is bad. It's not because giving <laughs> the number one pick to the worst team is bad. It's because the, Peter Chiarelli and Jeff Tambellini, Jeff Tambellini was the player, uh, Steve Tambellini did a horrible job. The Buffalo Sabres are doing a horrible job putting players around Jack Eichel and Rasmus Dahlin 
and that is the reason that we're in this tr- that, that you know that we're in this this difficulty here. Yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, because I understand, especially with like you know comparing this to like the NFL, for example, which is something I'm I'm, I'm pretty familiar with. You know, it's 16 games. It's fairly straightforward. You kind of you know, there's not a lot of time for a team that's eliminated. They've got maybe a game or two left, and that's it. Uh, I can understand with the NHL, especially in a normal 82-game season, like you're going to have teams like Detroit and Nashville that will be out for the last, you know, 15 to 20 games, and you really don't want those teams out there. You know, ideally, you would think that that'd be the time that coaches would be playing young guys, trying new things, doing something that's like, oh, this is, they're not good, but they're going to be exciting. But, you know, they don't do that in the NHL. Um, and so I can understand the concern there for, for tanking purposes. Um, so... But yeah, I mean, yeah, the Edmonton, Buffalo, those type of things. Yeah, that's their problem. That's not the draft problem. Yeah. So, um, so, so again, I, I was pretty. I said I was pretty sure I know what you're going to to bring up. But would you like to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure who who the inventor of the idea is. I think it goes back further than than I've I've seen. But um, gold drafting. It's it's the best solution that I've seen. I think it makes a whole lot of sense. And basically. Um, it, it's pretty straightforward. So when a team, like say they're mathematically eliminated, um, they have that choice from that point on, the point that they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, every game, you know, all the points that they earn from that point forward go towards where their lottery standing is going to be. So, for example, Detroit, let's say they get like in 10 games, they're out. Then they've got however many games to accrue points. So that way they're still trying to actively win. They're not trying to... Um, you know, just kind of coast or anything. They're trying to get it because that helps their draft spot. Now, a bubble team who gets eliminated like the last day of the season, they don't have that as much of a choice of, of, of chance of getting that. And so I think it gives that, that one, you have the incentive not to tank because you want, as soon as that happens, you want to win. And two, you know, you're not going to see where a team that was eliminated the, you know, on game 82 is going to jump up to spot number two. Um, the other part of it I like is that teams can, and they never would do this, but teams could also be like, you know what, we're declaring today, like we're out of the playoffs and we're going to start picking up points now, even if they're not mathematically eliminated, which I can't imagine any GM who's in charge of a, a team that has to, you know, sell tickets would ever do that, but it's an option. I, and I like that a lot because I think it just eliminates a lot of the random parts of it. You have to earn your spot. You know, teams that are bad are still going to have the advantage of getting a higher spot. And so, you know, I think that it makes a lot of sense to me. And it's I think it's fairly simple, to be honest. And I think there's a way to frame it that the NHL would buy it, which is making it about money, mm-hmm. like everything. <laughs> and being, you know, if your team, you know, say the Red Wings, perhaps, <laughs> were mathematically eliminated, which wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of forces them to be competitive. And people would then want to watch the game because, you know, one overtime matters wins matter Mm -hmm. like the games matter and when games don't matter people start drifting toward things like their own actual real life yeah which we don't want (laughs) we want people to stay uh to stay invested so it seems like you could sell it to be like but again it's because it makes sense Mm -hmm. that does make it a hard sell (laughs) because they don't want something that makes sense why make it have why like make sense when you can make it 10 times more complicated because it's different they don't like that (laughs) 
So that'll be interesting to look out for. Last I had heard, the proposed lottery rules were sent to the NHL. I think the go- you know the board of governors for approval. Um, I have a feeling that they are going to be approved. I have a feeling that they're going to uh, be approved for next season. So that'll be interesting. Um, actually, one thing one thing I wanted to bring up because I thought it was an it's it's definitely an interesting kind of wrinkle. It's definitely something that I think. Out of the three rules, the one that I like the least is the one about being able to win twice <laughs> in five years. Really? And why is that? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, because. <laughs> no, I mean it makes sense. But like, say for example that you were, and I know that it, this year does not count, right? But you know, let's say. Not next year. Next year is supposed to be a dynamite draft. Let's say the year after. Let's say for, you know, hypothetically, the year after is not going to be a really great draft where, you you know, sometimes at the top of the draft, sometimes you get Connor McDavid. Sometimes you get Austin Matthews. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get a player like, say, for example, like Nico Heischer. I'm not saying he's a bad player. No, he's very Um, good. Yeah, he's definitely... You know, getting better as he goes. Um, you know, I think I think he's going to. I think there's a good chance that he lives up to you know being a a, a, a regular mm-hmm. number one selection. But there's a difference. There's a difference. Like if you finish last that year and you got him, as opposed to finishing last and getting Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews. Right. That's a, that's a huge difference. And it's basically the idea is it's punishing you if you're bad at the wrong time. Um, makes sense. Yeah, I can, I can I, understand that. Yeah, um, and and again, this is this is something that um you know Prashanth and, and Max Boltman were having a conversation about, and I, th- I think Max brought this up too. Um, so if you listen to their podcast, I don't want you to think I'm just stealing their things. Uh, <laughs> but, but but listening listening to what they were talking about, I thought that what I said before with Prashanth and and now what you know what Max pointed out I, for me, I think those are the two biggest kind of flaws in. You know, first of all, just a lottery situation, but then second of all, in the choices that they're making to fix it, I think overall is it better? Yes, but I don't think it's good. <laughs> I mean, so what it's happens like, though if a team finishes, you know, and gets a lottery pick for the first two years, but then they, just, you know, they continue to be bad? Like you have to watch; they have to sit and watch for three years as they get. Which is, I mean, yeah, it's not really it's nobody's fault but their own that they're there in that position, I guess, but. It can't. It, it can't be rough. And I just think that's why, like, the rules are very arbitrary, and um, it just seems like it's it's. We really don't want to change this thing, so we're just going to put some extra complicated rules so it looks like we did something about it, but it, we really didn't. Yeah, it, it's very reflexive, mm-hmm. very reactive as opposed to proactive. Which, just in general of things, uh, I'm I'm much more of a fan of being proactive than being reactive. Right, but. I'm this also is the an NHL, NHL fan. Yeah, we, <laughs> exactly. have to, we have to settle for reactive when we can get get it. That's the best we can hope for. So getting a reaction at all is yeah. it's already a battle. Yeah, and uh, speaking of reactions, there was a rather large, uh, relatively positive reaction this week or this past week to news that the NHL had signed a broadcast deal with ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, and looking, looking. Oh, wow! It's <laughs> again one of the things we've been talking about, both on and off, uh, Mike, for this this podcast is, you know, with, with the the one year anniversary of the pandemic, uh, how, how time is kind of meaningless now. Um, yep. 
a week, a month, a day, kind of all the same thing, kind of all blends mm-hmm. together. And basically, I, I, I had not realized that it had been 16 years since the NHL was on ESPN. And oh, wow. I, you know, I'm old enough that when I was growing up, that is how that's you know that's how i watched playoff games i i remember i would watch pretty much it it, it it honestly wouldn't even matter what team it was i would i would basically every night you know sit in front of the tv turn on espn watch the east coast game and then if i could try to stay up for the west coast game right and i mean to be honest as this is where i really got to be a red wings fan because at the time like I've talked about many, many, many times, I, I was an Islander fan. Islanders didn't play in the playoffs, so I needed a team to root for. And you know, the Red Wings were good, and they were on TV. You know, they'd be on ESPN all the time, and so I got to watch a lot of those classic games mm-hmm. because they were on ESPN. And it's interesting because a lot of people are, um, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia. Yep. There's a lot of nostalgia for ESPN, and I think I think Sarah, uh, the interesting thing is there's a lot of nostalgia for Red Wings fans. I think because it's kind of like, hey, remember when we didn't suck? <laughs> <laughs> remember when we were really good? Yeah. Um, not to say that the Red Wings have been terrible for 16 years. I'm not saying that, but you know, like you know, back in the day when when we had the ESPN, you think of kind of like that classic ESPN hockey music and the uh, the voices that um, we both love, like tolerates and probably despise less than certain people that are on NBC. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it, I, I think there's a lot of nostalgia here, uh, which is why people are reacting very strongly to it. Whether or not this is going to be a, a, a really good thing for the NHL going forward, in terms of you know how the uh, the contract, uh, you, you know the uh, the effect of of the contract is on you know the the presentation and things like that. Um, so so Brian, how, what are you thinking about the ESPN returning to? Or sorry. The NHL returning to ESPN. Um, I think it's really cool. Again, there is that nostalgia factor for one. I think that it's a bigger, um, a bigger platform is going to make things a little bit more accessible. So that when you have a game of the week that's supposed to be airing nationally, it's not on a NBC, SN or something channel. Like we might actually get hockey games on the main ESPN channel, which would be very nice. Um, so that's good. I think it's going to help uh, provide revenue for a league that desperately needs it um so that's you know that's good having the you know accepting the the power of the dark side from the mouse is always a double-edged sword but you know when if disney starts uh, throwing money at you you take it so um but no i think part of it though is yes it's 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 very cool and it brings back a lot of memories for people and i think that's that's great um i don't know how much it functionally changes anything for the average fan um most fans are still going to be watching via their regional tv channel um, if they happen to live close enough by but can't get the game or can't get cable, then they you know they have to deal with blackouts, which black sports blackouts are probably one of the things I hate most in the world. Um, it makes absolutely no sense, especially this season when it's like, yeah, you're not selling out home games. Like, yeah, we know. Like, we're very aware of that <laughs> fact. Um, <laughs> and, you know, again, like, like Nashville, for example, we're still dealing with, with Fox Sports, um, all those becoming those uh, Sinclair-affiliated, I think, I can't remember what they're calling it, Bally or something dumb like that. Um, but they, yes. you know, they dropped from all of the, most of the streaming services that I was using, like YouTube TV, things like that. So I had to pay for actual cable this year, which is not, I'm not happy about that. Um, 
But I, don't, I just think that, yes, we're going to get those national games and they're going to be to a much wider audience. I think it'll be ESPN has their, their you know, they're a little bit more up on, on what people like, you know. Um, so I think that'll help with, with getting the game spread a little bit better because it blows my mind to this day that hockey is not a more popular sport. Um, but for the average average fan, I don't see it making a difference. And then, you know, I talked about the revenue, but... You know, are we going to see a cap, the salary cap adjust because of that? I don't think so, especially when they said, what, we're expecting th- two or three more years of a flat cap? I mean, you, ideally, we'd see those that money go on to players because, you know, hockey players aren't paid much in the in the grand scheme of things. And so it's, uh, you, I'd hoped that we'd see that, but looks like we're not going to anytime soon. So I have mixed feelings about it, really. It'll be cool, though. I'll enjoy it when it happens. Yeah, I'm wondering... Um you know, the first year or two, there'll be a lot of kind of novelty of, oh, you know, Stephen A. Smith making comments and being funny. And, you know, when that wears off, yeah. it is going to just kind of feel like more of the same because, you know, people on Twitter are remembering, you know, Gary Thorne and mm-hmm. other people and saying, bring it forward. And it's like, no, <laughs> you know, you know, some sometimes, yes, but you can't just take what was 16 years ago and just plop it into now and be like, ready, go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause you, you need to be reaching out to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'll, you know, I'll with, I won't be watching it anyway, cause I don't have ESPN <laughs> and I'm not planning on getting it. Um, I watch through NHL TV cause I'm out of state. Yeah. Um, so I'll just let other people tell me their, their feelings about ESPN and, and see who I want to agree with. Well, NHL TV is going to go away next year. Oh, is it? Are you? Yeah, uh, I am not. I am not joking. <laughs> I, I would not. I would not do that to you. Um, it is. It is going away uh, because that is how I watch. Uh, I can't believe I missed. How did I miss that? It, um, I don't. I, I think it. It was technically in the original announcement, but it was. Ba- it was like a one sentence thing. It was like, you know, a, th- a thousand games will be streaming on ESPN Plus, and it was like in parentheses. It was like this will replace NHL TV or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Sarah, where that is how I watch hockey games. I have NHL TV. Um, I all or NHL TV. I also have. Uh, I have Sling. So. I get um, NBCSN currently, uh, mm-hmm. but f- from what I understand, there's also another there's there's like another uh, part of the overall uh, broadcasting uh, deal that is not going to ESPN. That is basically um, other people are bidding on, I guess. Um, so, you know, right now we don't even know exactly what the other thing is going to be. Um, but yeah, as, as of right now, as far as we know, NHL TV is, is going away. It's going to be replaced by ESPN+. Plus. Um, and actually, I was talking to Sarah about this the other day that um, I saw in, in like kind of the promos for this. They're like, well, you can get ESPN Plus bundled with Disney+. Plus. It's like, I already have Disney Plus, Plus bundled with something else. Like, yeah. I forget what, but um, I already did the Disney Plus bundle. Um, I already get that. So I don't know if there's a way I can like, eventually it's going to be like, well, you can bundle this bundle with this bundle. It's Mm going to be like the, it's going to be like the wall street financial crash all over again. It's just cable now. It's cable again. Yeah. Yeah, It's going to be the, uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, what are they? The credit default swaps of, uh, cable channels. Right. Um, 
So, <laughs> um, now, j- just so you know, the the game that I was try that I was going to put together that uh, Brian did make the good call that I I got too ambitious. Um, it was going to be where you had to guess between real Stephen A. Smith quotes and Stephen A. Smith quotes I just made up. Uh-huh. Um, and the problem was... Indecipherable. Yeah, it was like <laughs> the ones that would have been good were too easy. Like, like it was kind of too easy to tell that it was him. Uh-huh. Um, like the recognizable ones. Crab um, Rangoons, things then, of that nature. Exactly. Yeah. And then like the other ones were just like, I do in my little games, I do try to avoid just complete random guessing. Uh, like, I try to give you like at least a little bit of a, you know, some type of skill involved, although some of them do end up just being random guessing. Um, but yeah, so uh, for listeners, I apologize uh, if, if hearing that is something you would have liked. Sorry, uh, <laughs> it ended up being way harder than I thought it was going to be. I will say with. this though, that does bring up a, an important point, which is with this with this move to ESPN. I think it's going to be very important that the NHL puts out who they put out to to grow this game and to to speak about it is going to be very very important. And I don't have a ton of faith that they'll do this correctly. But I mean, you have people like you have like Kendall Coins uh, Schofield, who's been doing stuff with uh, San Jose, I believe, on their broadcast, and she's been doing an excellent job. And that's the type of voice that you want to get out there more, because um, you don't want to have the same old boys club with the same people. And you know, I think this is a good chance for them to put younger voices or just more innovative voices, things like that. And I think if they do that, that could be a really good, a really good help. You know. That's what this ESPN deal can bring is like expanding the game again. Um, but we'll see, you know, we'll see if they do it. Yeah, I saw a tweet that I thought was very interesting, which is actually kind of what got me thinking about doing that as a game. Um, you know, talking about Stephen A. Smith. And I'll, I'll be honest, I don't, um, I don't really follow sports other than hockey. I mean, I follow uh, soccer a little bit because I'm a huge, you know, huge soccer fan. I've played, you know, my whole life. Um, and so I, I follow soccer a little bit. Um, but I, I don't really follow other sports very much just because, you know, not because I don't care or I, I think they're bad or anything. It's just I just don't have the time. Like, I don't have the bandwidth, the mental bandwidth uh, with the other things that I enjoy doing. Um, and hockey kind of takes up, you know, that whole uh, component of that, my brain for, for that stuff. Yep. Um, so, so, like, for example, I am familiar with Stephen A. Smith. I know that he's uh, – people like – some people seem to like him genuinely. Some people like, seem to like him ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like to kind of point out how ridiculous he is, but it always kind of seems to me like it's kind of in a um, a playful way, as you know, as opposed to like this guy is is like the worst guy ever. At the same time, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is like like I, I'm not a big expert on him, um, <laughs> but like what I do know and. I do know that people like when he when he's talking about something like it gets in the news. People are listening, mm-hmm. um, and I think that um, you know having somebody like him. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think that having you know having somebody like him talk about hockey is a net positive. Yes, um, for the game in general, in terms of getting people to pay attention to it. Um, I certainly don't think that that's like the most important thing. But I think that that's like an example of what you were talking about where, you know, there's an opportunity to 
uh, you know, there's a video that Sarah and I were talking about, Brian, you probably saw it too, where um, he did a segment for like five minutes where he talks like, you know, these are the things I know about hockey. And it's like very little. Um, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like it got a lot of, it got a lot of play. It was on, it was all over Twitter. Um, and I do think that there's a lot to be said for people who are genuinely interested in learning about the game and talking about the game who don't know a lot about it. Like, oh, and, yes. and like, that's okay. That's a good thing. Like, I think that's a good thing. Like, um, you know, sometimes in the in the playoffs, you'll have like, especially LA, you'll have like a celebrity in the booth or whatever, and like that's like like yes, <laughs> oh, could it man. be? Can it be corny? Sure. Can it be cringeworthy? Sure. But if it's done well, it could be it could be good. You know, like it has the potential to be good. A lot of times, just like with the NHL. It's the execution, which yeah. is why I'm not very, <laughs> I'm not incredibly confident that it's going to be taken advantage of in the way that it could be. Well, and and you make a good point about about that because again, like with other sports, I don't watch a lot of sports coverage or sports talk. I can't stand listening to sports radio really, except for the show that I'm on, which everybody should listen to. But. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, because I think a lot of it is just like, yeah, there's just a whole lot of loud voices and there's not much substance. But hockey needs all the loud voices it can get at this point. Um, the NHL doesn't doesn't do a very good job of marketing itself. So, yeah, I mean, if that's how that you have to do it. And, you know, you brought up that point about how, you know, when people don't know very much about the game and want to get into it, that's a good thing. And you're talking to somebody who, yeah, like... The team I cover, like, people still make fun of us to this day for their inaugural season 20, 21 years ago where, you know, they were handing out sheets saying, like, this is what icing is. This is what offside is. It's like, you know, and they're like, oh, you guys have to have that. I'm like, well, yes, because this is ten- this is Nashville, Tennessee. Like, these people are- need to know what it is. And it's, you know, what's the harm in doing it? Like, I love, I love explaining, like, I love sharing the game with people that are just getting into it. I, I really do enjoy that. And I think most people do. I think the majority of people are very open to that type of a thing and that's exactly what we're, what's going to happen except for on a wider scale and um, it, it can only be really a net positive I think at this point yeah but I also- think it's like you, you get people in and then you have to keep them there so you know if someone like Stephen A. Smith draws them in you don't want to throw Mike Mil- Milbury at them <laughs> yes. <laughs> like yes. this is the voice of hockey so, surprise like, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. the worst so we're I guess it's like oh, okay we are kind of starting from a kind of a low bar so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> You know, which yep. is it's something I have to remind myself. You know, it can be a lot better. It's not like we're already like, well, NBCSN was doing a pretty good job. No. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, get them in, but then, you know, but then you have to keep them there. Right. You know, one of the big problems can be, you know, the idea of gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that, that does a lot of damage. You know, you have somebody, you know, you know, let me talk about like what Brian was saying. Like, you know, you know, let's say... Uh, you know, brand new hockey fan, you know, I'll, I'll use Nashville, you know, because that's the example you're talking about. Somebody's never watched a hockey game. You know, it, it comes on, it's on ESPN, you know, and, and they have ESPN on. They're like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll, I'll watch that. And then, you know, they go online or they're talking to somebody at work or whatever. And, you know, they don't really know what they're talking about. And it's kind of like the way that that other fan reacts is going to say a lot. It's going to yeah. it's going to do a lot. You know, if they're like wait, what do you mean you didn't know that? It's like, no, like it's, you know, um, you know, I know we talked a lot about this last episode, but you know, D and D, you know, Dungeons and Dragons has a lot of that stuff too. Um, video games, you know, video, you know, kind of video games communities, you know, a lot of these communities have a lot of problems with gatekeeping with, you know, 
kind of there being this difficulty for new players and new, uh, you know, people who are newly interested in something to, to be able to come in and, and play and join and learn and try and, and all that stuff. And, and I think that's really what, you know, I, I think that, that that's like, like, well, not that, but like getting around that or like combating that, I think is a really good opportunity that mm-hmm. we're going to have now that we can kind of not start from scratch, but, you know, this is new. This is, you know, it's yes, of course, we have the nostalgia, but this is the opportunity for something new. And yep. we don't have to do it the same way it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of that combination of being open to new players and, or new, new fans, uh, you know, who may become players, right? Uh, but, you know, new fans and then also being able to keep the diehards happy, yeah. you know, give them something too. Um, you know, <laughs> off the top of my head, I. Uh, I have, I, I don't really care very much about football, but you better believe I laughed my ass off when I saw SpongeBob between the field goal posts. That was hilarious. <laughs> right? That was amazing, uh, though. That was yeah. Most that was the most fun I had watching any football this, this last year. Yeah, like, and I think you know it's like don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to do something different. Um, you know, and then it also for the people who are like us, who like, you know, love the game and who, you know, who know a lot about it. It's also about, you know, us trying to be, ex- you know, accepting of new players and new fans and trying to be welcoming. Um, you know, for example, like, you know, Sarah and I are involved in, in our community, you know, the Winging and Motown, you know, fan community, which I think I think we do a really good job of, you know, welcoming, you know, new commenters and new people and stuff, um, you know, but. You know, I, I think that's something we have to, you know, to care about. Like, I know, you know, when it comes to like moderation at our website, um, you know, I know that that's something we care a lot about. We don't want people coming in and just like being total jerks to other people, right? Because then, you know, brand new commenter says something and somebody's like, "Whoa, you don't know that," and it's like, "Well, they're never going to comment again." And we just lost a reader. We lost somebody <laughs> that could have been a, you know, a valuable member of the community, and like, you know. You know, when we when it comes to moderation, I'm sure obviously, you know, people don't always approve of everything we do. You know, we're not perfect. Um, and you know, even if we were, people still wouldn't approve of everything we do. Right. You know, but I, I, I can say from experience that that is something that we care about. You know, that is something we want to do to create a community where people can, um, you know, feel okay to be there and be new and to try and to, you know, uh, you know, throw out something that, you know, maybe, maybe somebody's like, oh, yeah, well, that, that doesn't make sense or whatever. Cool. Before we wrap up, Sarah, we have one more thing we wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about one of Peter's favorite topics, yep. which is uh, suspensions, lack thereof, and um, NHL player safety. And, you know, it's always, it's always Tom Wilson. I don't even remember what he specifically did, but you can always throw his name out there. Um, so have you had any kind of any recent suspensions with, with Nashville? Is there anything you're mad about that should have been a suspension? Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, when Peter told me the topics, I was like, man, you said you just laid that trap out for me because I saw what he, he was ranting about the other night. And so I was like, oh, thank you. I appreciate this. Um, no, but uh, Dante Fabro was, was, again, he suspended for two games. I believe uh, he'll, he's not playing tonight um, for his hit, which was just a dumb, dirty hit, I think. It was it was frustration among many other things. He just made a very dumb mistake, and 
Um, you know, I think honestly, two games is about what I thought he'd probably get. I wouldn't have been upset if it had been more because, again, like just hits the head. Just it shouldn't be. There should be a zero tolerance with that, and we haven't seen that. I mean, we have we had a player who you know um, for Carolina who ran right into UC Saros's head when he was in goal and didn't even get a you know, penalty for it. And he had, he came out and he's been out. Um, you know, we've had Roman Yossi who got boarded pretty badly and for, and got a, a no call on that ended up winning the game in the shootout and then immediately was on IR for four, or for week to week at least Ryan Ellis um, you know he got hit really bad and when when we were a classic last year I mean we've seen a ton of it and not to say that Nashville's innocent of it because you know there's always cases but you know it's not slowing down you know they're not protecting these players the way they should be yeah I remembered the one that I'm mad about is the because Fabro reminded me of Robbie yeah. Fabry yeah <laughs> and the the slew foot that was like the slewiest slew foot mm-hmm. I've ever seen um, for listeners who weren't watching you know he's kind of skating toward the bench and just gets his leg kicked out from under him I mean it was like blue turtle shell or banana peel <laughs> like, yeah. it was it was like almost unbelievable to watch and be like wait did that did that really just happen mm-hmm. you know there's no like it was just casually like kicking the you know again like kicking the chair leg out so he tips over and it was like okay penalty I'm like but like that was just the most that was yeah. like the most you could do to be a slew foot in front of everyone the refs are right there but mm-hmm. it was like meh he didn't nope. he didn't really get hurt so who cares I'm like well, I care yeah. it was dangerous I mean you, you know it's bad. bad you know it's bad because they have rules in there about uh, like you know calling double minors if there's blood like the punishment should never have anything to do with the outcome of what happened it should be all judged on intent and like the fact that they've got a rule saying like yeah if they're bleeding then it's extra two minutes like no like that's not how you should do that like that's not the judge of it so like if, um i always make fun of of uh, uh the twins over at evolving wild because one of their long you know deep explainers about one of their uh their rapm models and stuff like that they talk about a penalty like yeah adding stats to the penalties and stuff like that and assessing what a player can do because of their ability to draw or take penalties and one of the things they had like in a parenthetical was like you know we didn't take into consideration the fact that some players may it might be easier for some players to bleed and that might be an advantage and i was like what is wrong with you two (laughs) (laughs) it's like what's their moisturizer routine we have to know what's their skincare (laughs) but it's just you know you shouldn't be judging it based on that yeah so long time for sure listeners have listened to me rant to uh, you know uh, uh, over and over again and like sarah said tom wilson is usually the impetus for uh for, for for when we're discussing this um but yeah brian i'm glad you said what you said because that's something i've been saying for years um which is that the the outcome should not matter it should be the danger um so for example uh you know, Tom Wilson ran into Brandon Carlo's head, uh, and you know Carlo's, I think, still out. Um, I think he's week to week. Not surprising, but even if, like, let's say he kind of, you know, he kind of, like, like, you know, he didn't get him full in the head. He kind of missed a little bit. Well, he was still trying to hit him right in the. I mean, like, you know, if you watch that play, you can tell he's trying to hit him in the head. Um, you know, like you said, you know, the, the Favreau play, he, he was, it looked like he was targeting the head. It looked like he mm-hmm. was going for the head. Um, there's, you know, there's been other ones. Um, uh, let's see. 
uh, I remember the one, uh, let's see, uh, there was one, uh, there was one, actually, it wasn't even, I don't even know if it was a penalty. It was the Flyers-Buffalo game where Curtis Lazar, That's like, right. pitchforked. He pitchforked uh, Lawton and flipped him, and he landed on his head, like he like directly on his head from five feet up in the air. Like, how is that not like a double digit suspension? Yeah. Um, I mean, that was incredibly dangerous. The fact that he was able to come back, like, should not matter. Like, he could have broken his neck, you know, if you watch that. Like, he couldn't even support, you know, like, like it wasn't like he could get his, his hands to support his fall. He went directly down. He had no chance because of, like, what happened. And, you know, like what Sarah said, like, that was a horrible, that was an incredibly dangerous play. Because, again, the, the danger of a slew foot is that the player cannot brace themselves for impact. Um and you know, I mean, I've I, I, I will say I do agree with you, Brian, because I know, like you know, you replied to my tweet about the Fabro hit, and I would say you were you were right that it sh- it should be okay, it should be two games roughly the way that they are called. However, and I think you agree with this, in a perfect world, a hit like that would be like double digits mm-hmm. right oh, yeah. but then the, the the hope would be like you said that it wouldn't happen you know because it would be you know it, basically you know you look at um you know what's his name uh it's been so long since i thought of rafi torres right oh yeah gosh it wasn't until they started just being like okay we're just gonna throw crazy numbers at you and Basically, Tom Wilson, in my opinion, is the same thing that Rafi Torres proved to be, which is he is a player who will not change his game. Like, we got all these things about, like, oh, now he's hitting better. It's like, no, like, if he was hitting people better, he would not have done what he did just, like, the other night or, you know, right. Ago. And it's a, it's, it's a problem indicative of the NHL as a whole because, and, I, and you talked about you ranting about it, and I've done it too. Um, uh, it's the, the league itself. You know, when the NFL cares more about brain injuries and concussions than the than your league does, there's a problem. Um, but you know, there Bettman has shown that he doesn't. You know, time and time again, he's talked about no. Actually, I don't think that there's a link. They haven't proved anything about there being a link to brain injuries and playing hockey and all these types of things. And you know, talking about judging by uh, judging by the intent or not the outcome, like. A human brain doesn't doesn't you know start to slam up against your skull and then go wait 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 no he meant to hit the shoulder it's fine I'm not gonna hit it I'm not gonna <laughs> slam against the inside of his skull um, it happens and you know you can tell that it's 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 something that the league is still completely backwards on and they're not getting any support and so you know we're not gonna expect I don't expect to see change out of a league that is barely still at the point of even accepting the fact that you know there could be a relationship between you know having brain injuries and concussions with playing hockey and um you know until you see something like that or you see the players union push for for better safety measures you know because you you see those types of things but then you always have players like no i like it better the other way you know like why do we have to wear a helmet and warm-ups and stuff like that you know and a lot of these guys it's just it's programmed into them and they can't really you know like tom wilson like can he change maybe but you know he's like most hockey players they don't they don't change and so you know until the league does something and says like yeah there's gonna be real consequences for you doing this like it's gonna just keep happening and it frustrates me to no end that that again this is a high speed collision sport like you need to be taking care of your players because you're gonna have this big group of retired players here soon and they're it's gonna be it's gonna be awful to watch i mean i just i can guarantee it and it's not a good thing 
Yeah, and then they go and make it worse. Uh, you know, the guy gets dumped, his head smacks off the ice. Five minutes later, he's like, hey, guys, I'm back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you should yeah. not be back. You know, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're, you know, quote, superstar or some rando like Adam Ernie, you yeah. <laughs> who got, you know, took a big punch to the head. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it's they'll be like, well, it's fine. I'm back. It's like, no, you're not fine. And you don't, yeah. you can't you can't know that you're fine. And so it's like not only is there potential for injury, but they're almost always going to make it worse. Being like, play through the pain. Be like, like you said, your brain, the brain can't be like, oh, all right, we're playing through the pain. So I'm yeah. just going to be totally fine. I mean, I talked about <laughs> Roman Yossi getting boarded and now being out with a concussion, but like he played the rest of that game and he, you know, he won the the shootout. Like, and you could tell like he, he scored the game winning goal. Like that was it. The team came out on the ice and like he didn't crack a smile, nothing. Like I could tell he's frustrated, like obviously, because this season's been a dumpster fire, but like it was just one of those things it's like yeah that's not good and then they say like immediately like yeah upper body injury week to week like yeah that's concussion and they're like oh but he kept playing like you don't you know it's one of those things like who's evaluating if they're good enough to come back or not like that's why you, you know you don't have team doctors doing it you know it should be somebody independent but again that's that's we gotta take baby steps here we gotta get them to do something acknowledge that concussions exist first i think is the first step <laughs> Yeah, the, the problem is they're never going to do that because then that's going to create a lot of uh, problems for them in, in the, the lawsuits that are against them. Uh, yeah. they, can't, they can't admit it, basically. Um, you know, not that they can't. I mean, I, they know, of course, but they, you know, if, they, if they were to admit it, it's going to hurt them uh, financially, which is <laughs> largely what they care about. Um, <laughs> They're not even very good at that part, though. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, good times. I love uh, hockey, by the way. I know I don't sound like yeah. it, but I love the sport. Oh man. So okay, so so how about this? I I don't want to I don't want to close the show on that because um <laughs> I want to I want to do you know so so how about this? Let let's um you know we were talking about it's been um. Uh, the the it's been one year roughly of the pandemic. Uh, we basically we 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 just had the one year anniversary as we're recording this. We just had the one year anniversary. Uh, I think a couple of days ago of the uh you know the last NHL game before the long shutdown. Um, and in that last year, we've had we've had a lot of terrible things happen. We've had a lot of bad things. Just oh, I'm already of- feeling that this is co- this is so much better, happier topic than <laughs> I suspension. I know. Let them. No, I'm but, gonna let the wind up. <laughs> but but uh, this this wind up is in tribute of Jay. Uh, uh, <laughs> the um, uh, one of the things that I think a lot of us have learned is that we really need to try as much as hard as we can. We need to try to focus on the positives. Mm-hmm. We need to try to focus on the good things that are happening, uh, both in hockey and in our lives in general. Um, so sometimes we would do this before. So how about we close out the show um, talking about either something good that's happened to us recently or something good that's happened, like, you know, that we are kind of involved in or affects us or whatever. Um either recently or something good that's coming up that you're looking forward to. Uh, so we can end this show on a positive high note. Brian, you want to start? Oh, you, <laughs> yeah. you look like you're thinking hard. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> yeah. So 
Uh, I guess for me, I think, you know, I've been, I've been writing for the website for almost two years now. Um, I mean, I've been, I am the stereotypical, what, when people think of like badly of Nashville fans, like, oh yeah, they're all bandwagon fans that came on during the cup run. That's me. That's what I am. Um, <laughs> and it's bad, but it's, that's that kind of how I started, but I'm coming up on two years of writing for the website. And this season was the first season that um, I've had credentials to go and cover games. And this year has been very weird to cover games first at an empty arena, basically. And then, you know, slowly filling up. But um I, I sit there and look back. It's a lot of people that I, I catch up with, you know, fairly recently who've been like, when are you covering, like, why are you covering hockey? Like, we've never heard you talk about this at all. And now all of a sudden, like, you're at games and you're on the radio. Like, how does that happen? And honestly, like most things in my life, I just, you know, I got extremely lucky. You know, you fall upwards into things and... Um, it's been a very awesome experience. It's been, you know, my dad makes fun of me because he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, look what you did. You you started covering the team in person and look how bad they are. This is your fault, which I'm not <laughs> entirely convinced that's not true because considering my other, my other favorite teams, uh, that makes sense. But it's been a really cool experience. People have been wonderful. Um, it's such a cool thing to do, like to cover those games and... In a, an official capacity and to have people like actually you know want to hear what you have to say about the games and sitting in those interviews like the first time uh john hines was like you know i asked him a question he's like oh thanks brian yeah and i was just like oh man like i feel super official like that's kind of cool but uh yeah that's like that's the thing for me um things come out i'm trying it was a little bit difficult to pick out a positive but there you go i love it i love it that's great all right i well first of all i have to say you know the kind of power play wager for the Jamie Daniels foundation, um, you know, where we were 0 and 40 and now we've scored, like we're unstoppable. Almost <laughs> on the, we scored a power play goal almost every game um, and raised, I think it was $15,000 know, across, across the whole fan base. And, you know, that was just extremely heartwarming and, you know, totally positive and a, just kind of a really great surprise. Like there's not a lot of pleasant surprises. Right. So that's having, excellent having that. Um, and then on a personal level, I'm really, my garden has started uh, blooming. Yeah. So anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I am psycho about gardening. <laughs> um, I'm all in. Uh, so it's just been really uplifting to every day go out and see there's a, a couple more. And that's, that's really given me a boost in, in mood that I needed after kind of the winter blues. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it's fun because I, I love talking to you about it because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> oh, I don't know so, anything. I just am enthusiastic. <laughs> but that's fine. You Number one, you know more than I do. Um, <laughs> so to me, you are an expert. Uh, <laughs> this is how I describe my hockey writing career to like the people in my life. Like I'm just enthusiastic about it. I don't know very much more than anybody else, but... <laughs> It's amazing how how often like that'll get you where you need to go. It's just I I, I just try really hard. I just I just do it. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I think I think that that's good. Um, uh, I'm I'm gonna I, I have a couple things I could choose from, but I want I want to kind of go with one that I probably wouldn't normally uh, say. Um, one of the things I really enjoy um, is let's see. I don't I, I guess I guess because. 
I don't really I don't really get to interact with everybody as much as I'd like to as much as I would before. Um so I enjoy um talking to my friends online about video games. And I know that sounds kind of weird. Um but you know Sarah and I chat a lot about different games. Uh we are both um we are both people that like uh some of the same games. Um some different games, which is cool. Uh, but for example, um, my friend uh, Ryan Simpson, who actually was on one of the episodes that the Sarah was the co-host for, uh, oh. the guest special guest co-host, um, <laughs> and we did an awesome, uh, a, a very fun game where we uh, we talked about Horizon Zero Dawn Such and cool we compared game. NHL teams to that. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, so Ryan has recently started playing. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, having never played any of the other Assassin's Creed games, <laughs> I'm sure that's going and, well. Yeah, and and but but it's great because like like uh, I would say throughout a day now, he'll send me like I don't think he, he doesn't play every day, but like you know whenever he's playing, he'll send me like four texts or whatever, like oh my god, I just did this like this awesome thing or like whatever, and it's just it's it's I don't know something about it I love like. Obviously, I love playing, but I also love kind of seeing other people experience it, like seeing other mm-hmm. people happy about like something new or like, oh my god, like he's like, I love this game. This game is so fun. Um, you know, I was you know I wasn't sure, but you said it was really good. It was on sale, and he's like, I am loving it. Like I really love playing this game, and you know, I think I think kind of that idea of. Um, you know, finding things that we still can do. Obviously, you know, we're we're getting closer to getting, you know, uh, we're getting closer to being able to be back to, you know, some sense of normalcy in, you know, we can kind of see the end in sight, um, you know, but it's still a little ways off. And it's like we've kind of learned, at least I think so, um, you know, to try to find the positives where we can. And I think this is definitely something that has brought me a lot of joy and a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, uh, you know, definitely a lot of, of laughter, which is yeah. always the best. Always the best. Um, I was going to, you know, when you were thinking of the question, I thought you were going a different direction, but uh, I like mm-hmm. it. The thing I was thinking of, I like it. And so I'm going to ask you guys this. Yeah, I'll go and for And I'll it. start. I'll start. But what's been the thing that's come from the pandemic and quarantine, the end times, whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> that that has been like... I'm trying to figure out a way to explain it. Like, what's been something that's been, like, a good thing that's happened, like, that's changed that you'd like to see? Like, for example, I very much enjoy being, like, when I have to go shopping, especially close by to my home, uh, wearing my mask because it is a really good barrier to that, oh, no, there's somebody that I vaguely know or this is somebody (laughs) whose kid is in my daughter's class and they're going to want to talk to me. That mask keeps those social interactions just at just as, at zero, and it's wonderful. I, I feel I feel like I'm walking around uh, Publix or Kroger like like I'm a I'm a sassy ninja all the time, and I, I like that. So, but I want to see. I mean, is there anything that's come from it that's been good for you guys? I'll start. So I went from working in the office four days a week to working from home. It's been about this. Yeah, this would be the one year anniversary of our office closing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to hang on to my job and I live in the, the D.C. area. So my commute was an hour and a half both Oof. ways. Oof. Um, you know, I, I love my job, but I don't love sitting in, on the beltway. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I can sleep more. I don't have to like 
buy nice shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and definitely don't have to buy nice shoes or pants. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that was a huge game changer. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, we can continue that. And it, it seems like we're going in that direction that there's a lot, you know, and I've seen this with other people have said it too, that there's a lot more trust and kind of that old school attitude of, you know, if you're not there, you're not working, you know, there's more trust and mm-hmm. just, you know, for me, that's, I'm extremely introverted. So it's been like, and I feel bad that I'm like, this is the best thing ever because it's the worst, it's the worst time. But right. it, for me, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, it's all about silver linings. <laughs> and that's, that's true. Like, I wish I had thought of that. Cause that's like the bigger thing, like the, like the game changing thing that's happened. And like, I can't, I was like, Oh no, I like wearing a mask. So yours was much better, much more significant. <laughs> well, it's, it's not, it's not a contest. Uh, right? a, a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> I like I like wearing a mask too because then I don't have to you know smile at anyone and I don't I don't get any like you should smile more. Be like yeah. I'm, be like no, I can just scowl and no yeah. one knows. <laughs> it's my natural. This is my natural state. Now I will thank you to leave me alone about it. So I think uh, I'll I'll go back to what we were talking about before is that. Um, you know, when I started, uh, when I started playing D and D, it was at a, it was at my local game store, and I would, I would go there and I play with with my friends, and, and that was great. And like, I, I, I miss that, and like, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, um, sometime in the relatively near future where I think we'll be able to do that. You know, as people start to get vaccinated and stuff like that, where we'll be able to have those, uh, you know, those game sessions in person again, but. What has come out of it that's been great has been the online games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now, uh, you know, Pat was our guest last time, and in that one, let's see, I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to think of where everybody lives. I mean, you have Dave that was in Baltimore. You have um, Matt who is in, uh, I think, t- Toronto, um, or at least like that area, like the Ontario area. Um, and a couple of people that live in Dallas. Um, so I mean, it's like, you know, people from all over, oh yeah, the Josh is like New York, you know, so like we would never play in person. We would never be able to play in yeah. person. And then Saturday, you know, Brian, obviously, you know, Nashville area, right? I'm not the only out of towner though now. So. No, you're not the only out. Yeah. So we have, uh, Mike, uh, I'm trying to think of what, I, I don't know where Mike actually lives, uh. I know he. I know he's a Calgary person, but like fan. But I don't know if he lives there. Yeah, I don't think um, he lives there anymore. Yeah, um, you know, Grace. I, I don't even know where she lives. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't either. I don't know. And but and, 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 you know, and then Mike and Kelly are. You know, they're they're people I know from the game store. You know, like like we could play in person, but it's fantastic. It's it's great to be able to to do something like that where you can interact with people and have fun. Um, you know, because that, that was like, before all this started, that was like one of my highlights of the week was, you know, be able to go there and spend a couple hours with my friends and like not have to worry about anything else. Like you're not yeah. worried, you know, you're not thinking about the world, you know, you're not thinking about anything else. You're not on Twitter. You're not like, you know, doom scrolling, you know, it's like I'm just having fun with my friends. Yeah. You know? And that's I, th- I, th- I think that's that's been amazing. That's been so much fun. I'll say, I mean, since you can't go to the, you know, you not being able to go to the game store is the only reason that I ever started to play was because you I was talking about it. And you were like, hey, do you want to do this? We're going to do it online. Otherwise, I'd never I still would have never played. And so uh, it's helped out. 
Yeah. No, I think that's uh, that's fantastic, and I think it's a much better place to end it. So um, I'm going to do my wrap up in a second. Uh, actually, yeah, let me do the wrap up first, and we'll say goodbye. Um, and and don't, don't worry, it's fine. Uh-huh. Our, I'm sure our listeners will lo- lo- love the angelic sounds of children. Yes, uh, I'm actually amazed there hasn't been dog barking in my house, but uh, <laughs> you know, knock on wood, right? Um, so. Uh, that is going to bring us to the end of another episode. Um, so if you would like to follow us on social media, uh, you can follow me at P Flynn hockey. You can follow Sarah at Helmeroids. Uh, you can follow, uh, Brian at Brian Baston. That's with a Y. Uh-huh, um, the correct way. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you can follow our podcast at 200 foot pod two zero zero FTPOD. Um, you can follow us on Facebook um, something I barely ever use, but it mm-hmm. exists, and who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be a thing. Uh, Facebook.com slash ForSurePod. And the last thing is if you would like to get some uh, for sure merchandise, uh, T-shirt, uh, we have masks, we have cell phone covers, we have a pillow, which uh, was approved to be uh, eaten by Eddie. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he, he loved it so much that he wanted to eat it and, and consume it. Um, you know it's good. It, it was very nice before that happened to it. Uh, you can go to tinyurl.com slash for shirt, F-E-R-S-H-I-R-T. Very nice. Uh, and yeah, you can get a whole bunch of stuff there. The hoodies are really nice, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so awesome. So thank you very much for listening. And Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it. This has been a whole lot of fun. For sure. 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 For sure.